0: Hello, I'm Carol. This is Sign News broadcasting from the Old Man's Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for week ending Saturday the 11th of November. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, Floods, Calls for More Help, and from the Lurgan Mail, Crash driver answered call. Now over to John, who brings you our first story.
1: A week after Portadown and the surrounding area suffered the worst flooding in a generation, calls have been made for immediate help for local businesses, as and residents, plus a long-term strategy to combat the problem. A combination of heavy rain. Swelling both the rivers Ban and Corcrane, plus already high levels in Lockney, meant its south shores and Portadown faced a massive deluge, destroying many businesses and homes in its path. Some homes and businesses in Portadown were immersed in around three feet of murky water, and many roads were impassable. Many people lost their cars, with scores of vehicles destroyed in the flooding. Despite the destruction, all communities rallied to help each other, bringing food, medication and other supplies by boat to those left stranded in their own homes. Residents were brought to safety by locals and Loch Rescue who joined other emergency services. Armagh, Bambridge and Craigavon Council opened a flood helpline for all those affected and it is still offering help with rates relief for homeowners and businesses. Tesco and McDonald's had to shut as the river ban ebbed closer, closer and closer to the town centre. The Meadow Shopping Centre also shut as no one could get near the car park, which was submerged in muddy water. Community spirit was also to the forefront when local football pitches, including that of Anna Football Club, were badly hit by the flood. Kieran McGurgan, team manager, described it as a swimming pool, even Portadown Rowing Club, Based on the shores of the River Ban, was badly affected by the flood. Questions were asked by the club as to whether the River Ban needed to be dredged. There were strokes of ingenuity too. A Porter Down repair garage owner, Adrian McKernan, told the BBC that when he woke last Wednesday morning to find out to find about a dozen sandbags left at the gate by the council he realised they would be of little use when the river band burst its banks. He hired a pump and bought a large amount of sand to fill hundreds of his own sandbags at a cost of around £2,500. Several parks were closed, including the People's Park and Hoys Meadow in Portadown, as well as Lockall Country Park. Also, some golf courses were affected including Silverwood and Lockall.
2: A woman who admitted causing the death of a Dunnock-Cloney motorcyclist by careless driving was using her mobile phone entirely contemporaneously when she pulled out in front of him, a court has heard. Newry Crown Court also heard on Tuesday that Matthew Arnold, was just 24 years old, had been married for 18 months, and had just become a father three weeks before the fatal collision which claimed his life. As his grieving family sat in the public gallery, prosecuting counsel Fiona O'Kane highlighted how they remained devastated by the loss of a young man who was a loving father, husband, son and brother, and have had succour from the faith they have to carry them through this very difficult time. Defence counsel Stephen Malloy told the court that the defendant, Monica McAllister, aged 53, had spent her life in the NHS trying to save lives and she recognises fully that solely by her actions, this man has lost his life. This doesn't rest easy with her in any shape or fashion. Every waking day she thinks of the act that has robbed him of his life and she wishes to profess her profound apologies to the Arnold family. She's deeply, deeply sorry for her actions on that day. McAllister from Ballykilbeg Road in Downpatrick had earlier entered a guilty plea to causing the death of Mr Arnold on April the 7th, 2020 by driving carelessly on the Lurgan Road in Dremore. Opening the facts for the first of the case for the first time, Mrs O'Kane outlined how the fatal accident had occurred on the Lurgan Road to Black Skull Road Junction when the Toyota Avensis, driven by the defendant pulled out into the path of the oncoming Ducati motorbike ridden by Mr Arnold. Thrown from the bike and coming to rest on the grass verge, Mr Arnold was pronounced dead at the scene despite an off-duty GP and others coming to his immediate aid. Mrs O'Kane said the established cause of death was head injuries and they were such that Mr Arnold was likely to have sustained a rapid death and never regained consciousness. McAllister was arrested at the scene and her dash cam footage established that she had slowed to two or three miles an hour as she approached the give-way Junction. She told the police that she'd seen the Ducati coming up the road and, believing she had enough time, had pulled out. But when she looked to her right again, the bike was closer than she expected. She then felt a shunt, her airbag deployed, and her car came to a stop. While neither McAllister nor Mr Arnold were found to be under the influence of alcohol or drugs at the time, The police investigation established the defendant had been using her mobile phone in the lead-up to the impact. The time of the collision was 18.17 and Mrs O'Kane told the court there was evidence McAllister had been on the phone call for 56 seconds having received a call at 18.15 entirely contemporaneously with the collision we say. She was either immediately on the phone or just ending her phone call. There was also evidence, the court heard, that Mr Arnold had been speeding. And while an expert forensic engineer could not offer a more accurate assessment than 64 to 91 miles per hour in the lead up to the point of impact, in footage from a nearby haulage yard, the Ducati was seen at 70 miles per hour. McAllister later told police interviewers she was Assistant Director of Old People's Services in the Southern Health Trust and the call was from a colleague as she was trying to organise PPE for Trust Care Homes and District Nurses. While she had been using the phone, she said she had been expecting the call, so had wedged her phone into the dashboard and when her colleague called she swiped to answer before opening the speaker function and putting her hand back on the wheel as fast as possible. Mr Malloy said that at the time the country was in the first lockdown of the pandemic, and that McAllister was managing a range of care homes, having tried to contact a colleague, she put the phone in the dash as she expected them to call back, and then began to drive. Judge Gordon Kerr said that while he accepted that entirely in one sense, It reinforces the fact that she was preparing deliberately in advance to deal with a business matter at a time when she was driving and unfortunately it came when she had to do a difficult manoeuvre. Mr Malloy conceded, there's no getting away from the fact that this is a major aggravating factor and agreed that it put the case in the category where under sentencing guidelines the court could impose either a community-based disposal or a short prison sentence. Freeing McAllister on bail until an unspecified date next week, Judge Kerr said he wanted to consider all of the materials put before him before giving his ruling.
0: Wrote a chemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday, the 12th of November, the chemist is Gordon's of High Street Mall and will be open from 11 to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 13th of November, the Chemist is Partridge of West Street, open until 7pm. There is no Rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 12th of November. The Chemist is Boots of High Street and will open from 7 to 8pm. Next week, from Monday the 13th of November, the Chemist is McKegney of Edward Street, open until 7pm. There is no chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. Thank you.
1: And now we're into crime. A Romanian national who was so drunk he was scaring children in a play park and later bit a police officer, leaving his finger bleeding profusely, has been handed down a three-month jail sentence. Doro Maya Mandrick, aged 32 from Parkview, close in Portadown, appeared before Craigavon Magistrate's Court on Wednesday, November the 1st, charged with two counts of assaulting police and one charge of disorderly behaviour. The court heard that on Sunday, June 18th this year, police were tasked to the People's Park in Portadown to deal with a man who was intoxicated and causing annoyance to children and the public in the park. Upon arrival, a prosecutor told the court, police spoke to the male who was intoxicated, shouting and ranting incoherently. And scaring the children in the park, he was identified as the defendant. He was unsteady on his feet and not able to follow basic instructions. When police tried to get his, him, when the police tried to get him home, he continued to shout and sw- and swear profanities, and this caused the public's attention to be drawn to him. He was also rapping doors of houses in the area, causing people to come out of their homes. When he was being warned by police, he aggressively pushed a constable in the chest, causing him to fall back. The defendant was handcuffed and arrested for disorderly behaviour and simple drunk and replied, No way. Once he was conveyed to the police vehicle he attempted to get out and whilst the constable was restraining him he bit and held onto his middle finger on the knuckle area of the right hand. The officer had to strike at the defendant to get him to release his bite. The constable's skin was broken and bleeding profusely. The officer had to receive a tetanus shot And antibiotics. The court heard that the defendant had a record. Defence counsel Joel Lindsay said Mandrake had been visibly distraught during consultations and said he was ashamed of his behaviour, adding, There was upset and considerable drink taken. He was crying when I showed him the body-worn video footage of his behaviour. He has worked at the same job since 2019. He suffered a serious accident in relation to one finger and this has resulted in, in him being on half pay. District Judge Bernie Kelly said she was actually surprised. This is what he was facing in charges, adding, I would have thought a bite which breaks the skin, causes blood to pour, bearing in mind it is a transmission of bodily fluids, should merit a section 47, which means assault causing actually bodily harm. Irrespective of what your client's intention was for the recipient of that, the impact on their life is horrendous. Obviously, my sentencing options are much more limited. One comes across the situation where there are allegations of biting, but the skin is not cut, and therefore there is no potential suggestion of the recipient of that bite having to undergo quite extensive tests. I think you are all well aware of the type of tests they would have to undergo. Adding that it, will, it, will, it could also affect life insurance, the district judge continued. The impact on the recipient's life is massive. I think the crying is more because of his, of his own self and nothing to do with the police officer whose impact on their lives is much more considerable than the impact of this case in Mr. Mandrick's life. How you bite another human being to the point where you break their skin and extract blood from them is incomprehensible to me under any sort of circumstances. Alcohol does not make you do something you are not capable, capable of doing in sobriety. District Judge Kelly described the assault on the officer as exceptionally serious. She said, You do not do this because you had alcohol on board. For the assault, which included biting the police officer, Mandrick was jailed for three months and ordered to pay the £25 uh, offender levy. For the other assault, and disorderly behaviour charges. He was sentenced to one month in prison on each charge, all to run concurrently. Later, Mandrick was released on his own bail of £250 to live at his home pending his appeal of the sentence.
2: A district judge has called for the Public Prosecution Service to review a decision to put a case of alleged sexual abuse of two children in the magistrate's court, which is limited in sentencing options. Neil Hull, aged 42, from Orient Circle in Lurgan, was before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Friday, facing two charges of sexual assault against two different girls on May 20th this year. A barrister said Hull would be pleading not guilty. District Judge Bernie Kelly said to the prosecutor, a 40-year-old man and a child? And you think that's suitable for the magistrate's court or somebody thinks that's suitable for the magistrate's court? Is it suitable for the magistrate's court when you look at the age difference? The prosecutor said, obviously not. The district judge continued, can I ask because this is one where, and I don't know if I may press on, these are offences where the court, the judge, has no legal ability to decline jurisdiction. In other words, this court can only hear these offences if this is a decision made by the PPS. The court's hands are tied. The decision to prosecute is solely down to the PPS. The court has no input. So I have a case of a man who is 42 years of age currently and the allegations that he has sexually touched a child. There are two separate charges relating to separate children, And the PPS consider that appropriate for the magistrate's court. I don't know, but I recognise that I have no capacity to refuse jurisdiction. I don't have that power, but I don't think it is suitable for the magistrate's court. I would very politely, stressing the polite part, and with deep and gracious respect, ask the directing officer to look at this again, because this is not a suitable case for the magistrate's court. The judge asked, remind me, what is the maximum sentencing capacity in the magistrate's court? Six months? If he were to plead guilty, he is entitled to a reduction in that for allegedly sec- sexually touching two children. The district judge asked that the matter be referred back to the directing officer in the PPS for further consideration. This is not a suitable case for the magistrate's court, in my opinion, she said. I would be very surprised if there was anybody who considered otherwise. If you were to ask anybody in this court or anybody outside this court what they would think, I would doubt they would agree that this is a suitable case for the magistrate's court. The case was adjourned for two weeks until November 17th for a review of the jurisdiction in the case. District Judge Kelly said it may be one the legislators may want to look at in terms of which of the schedules it should fall under on the magistrate's court order as to whether or not sole decision has to venue should remain with the PPS or whether that should be expanded to include ourselves. There are a number of charges we can refuse jurisdiction for, so it may be on legislators might want to look at this as well.
0: A 41-year-old man is to lodge an appeal after he was convicted of indecent exposure, Craigavon Magistrates Court having heard he was spotted at a window naked from the waist down and masturbating. Robert Voroshmarty of Thomas Street, Portadown was sentenced when he appeared before the court last Wednesday, November 1st. A prosecutor said on Friday, October 8th last year at approximately 3pm, Police received a report of a male naked from the waist down wearing only a blue t-shirt masturbating in the top floor window in a house in Thomas Street in Portadown in full view of a very busy street below. The The window where the defendant was alleged to be performing this act was identified to police which was near a primary school and there were school children in the area on their way home from school at the time. The defendant, being a tenant in the room, was identified to police and was wearing a blue t-shirt matching the description when he was arrested on suspicion of indecent exposure. The defendant denied the allegations. He stated he didn't know if he was in that room. He wasn't 100% sure he was there at the time, but did state he was lying down if he was in the room. He stated no one else had access to the room, that he had the keys and it was just really him that was there and said he was not doing that personal act at the window. District Judge Bernie Kelly said she had adjourned the case for a pre-sentence report until September the 20th. I wasn't sitting on September the 20th and he failed to attend both his probation appointments, she said. If I had been sitting on September the 20th, I would have dealt with him, so that is why I am not reading a pre-sentence report that someone else ordered that I never would have ordered. She asked for Osmartie's barrister, David mccone if there was anything remotely positive he would like to say about his client. Mr McKeown said his client was convicted in his absence and had indicated his attention to appeal as he denied the offences. He added, He is a man who has been living in this jurisdiction for a number of years. He has been in full employment. He's a Slovakian of national uh, origin and was, has been working for two and a half years. He has a supportive relationship with his ex wife and three children. He transfers money back home to them. He keeps himself to himself. He has no issues with drugs or alcohol misuse. He does drink, but it seems to be very occasionally. He is assessed as of a low likelihood of reoffending. District Judge Kelly said Mr. Vorosmarty, you were convicted of this offence. The court has found you guilty. I do not think it was a coincidence, coincidence that, being located so close to a primary school, this activity was being engaged in at three o'clock in the afternoon. I think the children were clearly an allure. That, therefore, elevates the seriousness of this offence. Faro Smarty was sentenced to five months in prison, plus the 25 offender levy. He is required to register on the Sex Offenders Register for seven years. Mr McKeown said his client would appeal the sentence. Varro Smarty was put on a 250 recognizance but was not released pending appeal.
1: The haranguing of a n- elderly popper, poppy seller in Lurgan by a woman who asked if she would be able to sell IRA badges is being treated as a hate incident by the PSNI. A six-minute video is circulating on social media of a woman haranguing an elderly woman woman selling poppies at a stall in the town's Tesco store. The woman repeatedly says, this is not acceptable to the Catholic community in this town because the poppy table was also selling a memorabilia for the RUC and UDR. She challenged the seller if she could also sell badges supporting the IRA. Would I be allowed to sell an Easter Lily here, IRA badges, would I? she asked. She also repeatedly said the RUC and the UDR were responsible for murdering innocent people. The verbal exchanges went on for some six minutes, during which time the woman was uh, challenged by members of the public and a duty manager. The woman also challenged the duty manager as to whether the, the, the store sold any Israeli goods. The duty manager said she could lodge her complaints centrally and asked her to leave. A security guard walked with her to the door. The PSNI said police in Lurgan received a report of a verbal altercation at commercial premises in the Carnegie Street area on Tuesday, the 7th of November. Officers attended and spoke to a number of individuals about the matter. However, no statement of complaint was made and no further action was taken. Police remained in the area and continued to monitor the situation. Police said they were treating the matter as a hit incident. A Royal British Legion spokeswoman said, We are aware of a video circulating involving one of our volunteers. The safety of our volunteers is our main priority, and we are supporting the individual involved. Upper Band DUP MP Carla Lockhart said she had spoken with the PSNI who confirmed that abuse of poppy collectors was classed as a hate crime and would be investigated. Poppies are a symbol of remembrance for everyone, she said. No one should be forced to hide or should ever apologise for its display. Those who posted this video have only succeeded in displaying their own intolerance and bigotry. But they also also demonstrated the importance of supporting the poppy appeal and of educating future generations of the reasons why we were a poppy. DUP MLA Jonathan Buckley added, I have been speaking to the lady volunteering for the Royal British Legion Legion, to offer my support and commend her for the dignified way in which she faced the hatred and abuse directed towards her. Unfortunately, it is not an isolated incident and others have faced similar issues. The TUV Vice Chairman Alistair Kyle said the disgraceful abuse of the poppy cellar in Lurgan had caused widespread outrage across the community. The fact that the footage has emerged on the 35th anniversary of the IRAs in the Skillen Massacre only adds to the hurt, he added. Sinn Féin and Tesco were also invited to comment.
2: Six people were injured in Sunday's crash on the M1 between Lurgan and Moira. Five of them were taken to hospital. Firefighters from three different stations attended the multi-vehicle crash on Sunday evening. The road was closed for a number of hours as the emergency services dealt with the situation. A spokesperson for the Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service said it was called out on Sunday, November 5th at 5.47pm to the M1 motorway, Junction 9, Hertford Roundabout, Moira, Junction 10, Lock Road, Lurgan. Two fire appliances from Lurgan Fire Station, one from Lisburn Fire Station and one from Dungannon Fire Station attended the incident. Firefighters attended a three-vehicle road traffic collision on the M1 motorway, the spokesperson said. Six occupants were injured, five were taken to Craigavon Area Hospital. The incident was dealt with by 6.51pm. A police spokesperson said police received a report of a four-vehicle road traffic collision between Junction 9 and 10 westbound on the M1 shortly before 5.15pm on Sunday, November 5th. Officers attended, along with colleagues from other emergency services. There were no reports of any serious injuries at this time. Inquiries remain ongoing, and anyone with information, including dash cam, is asked to contact police on 101, quoting reference 1136 of the 5th, 11th, 23. Alternatively, you can submit a report online using the non-emergency reporting form via www.psni.police.uk forward slash make a report. You can also contact Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 551 111 or online at crimestoppers-uk.org forward slash.
0: An arrest warrant was issued for a Kilray man convicted of scamming three elderly residents in Lurgan at Craigavon's magistrate court last Wednesday, November the first. Alwyn Cahoon, aged fifty-nine from Mahara Street, faced three charges of fraud by false representation. A prosecutor told the court that on May the twenty-second, twenty twenty-one. The defendant attended Prince's Court in Lurgan following discussions which had already taken place with three residents regarding the replacement of their garden fencing. This is a development for the elderly, said the prosecutor. District Judge Bernie Kelly noted that one of the three residents had since deceased. The prosecutor said one of the residents had contacted a contractor via Facebook and had agreed the defendant would turn up to assess the work and provide a quote. Adding, he did attend, and there is footage before the court of him being, uh, of him attending on CCTV. The three injured parties gave around three hundred pounds each. The court heard that after the money was paid, the defendant didn't attend on the date agreed. One of the residents contacted the defendant who said he didn't attend as his father had recently passed away. He also stated he would not be able to undertake the work as he had a funeral or a week to attend, said the prosecutor. Weeks did pass and the defendant had yet to complete the work. One of the residents continued to contact the defendant. Numerous excuses were provided on each occasion. Eventually, contacts ceased with the residents. A number of months passed and the defendant had not carried out the work or refunded the money initially paid as a deposit. The residents had to hire another contractor to carry out the work. They contacted police as they were concerned that they had been scammed. Attempts were made to contact the defendant and, following police contacts, the defendant immediately provided a refund the following February. This was in full to each of the parties. The defendant was arrested. He said he had agreed to undertake the work, that he had accepted the amount was around £980 and denied he was not intending to carry out the work. He said there had been family bereavements and that was why he couldn't undertake the work. The work was commissioned in May and the refund was the following February. District Judge Bernie Kelly said he must have been a very unfortunate individual to have had that many family bereavements in one 10-month period. She convicted Cahoon and issued an arrest warrant. The prosecutor said there was a relevant record.
1: The case against a Lisburn man charged with murdering Lurgan mother-to-be Natalie McNally, will not be sent to the Crown Court before Christmas. Stephen McCullough, aged 33, of Woodland Gardens, did not appear before Craigavon Magistrates' Court on Friday. He remains in custody following his arrest earlier this year. (coughs) Natalie was found murdered in her home at Silverwood Leaves in Lurgan just after Christmas last year. On Friday, the court heard that a preliminary inquiry had been scheduled for December the 1st this year, but a prosecutor told the court that was not realistic. McCullough's lawyer said that a fulsome update would be appreciated. The prosecutor said, there's a huge amount of information to go through, specifically in relation to telecom packages. There are a lot of exhibits with queries, particularly in relation to telecommunication packages. Those will take some time to be received and for the police to go through due to the volume of information. (coughs) District Judge Bernie Kelly asked where this information was to be received from. As the prosecutor searched for the information, the judge suggested it might be better to adjourn the matter for two weeks for an officer in charge to attend to answer all the questions so we might get a better picture of what the overall situation is and when you might expect to receive outstanding documents and materials. The case was adjourned until December the 17th with the officer in charge to attend. So we can work out, hopefully, a timetable, said the district judge.
3: We have some photographs this week. Not as many as last week, it should be said. But we start with Portadown Integrated Nursery Unit. There are two pages of photographs showing youngsters with their teachers and having all sorts of fun. Some are on swings, slides, playing in a sandpit and playing with various toys. That's two pages of that. Then we move on to Craigavon Senior High School. They've got four pictures, no script, but four pictures. Two of the pictures show students who have achieved uh, qualifications. Another is some uh, students who have uh, achieved awards for sports. And the final photograph shows a young lady and a gentleman who are identified as Principal Ruth Harkness and Chair of Board of Governors Mr. M. Allen. Moving on, we have a Lurgan School. We have the Principal of Lurgan College with a number of pupils. And again, there's uh, some of the youngsters are identified. Uh, We have Stephen Lavery, the manager of Ulster Bank, who's being presented with a £250 community cashback award. And uh, that goes to Imelda Falloon and Mary O'Hagan of Lurgan Cancer Research Group. And included in that picture is Sandra Castle, the service coordinator. We have Glenavon under sixteen players celebrating after beating Lurgan Town on penalties to secure a place in the semi-finals of the Lisbon Shield, and we have Paul Savage, the son of Spencer and June Savage of Drumlin Road, Duncloney, who graduated from Queen's University, Belfast.
2: Local council, Armagh City, Banbridge, and Craigavon Borough Council has taken no prosecutions in relation to breaches of tree preservation orders in the past two years. A Northern Ireland Public Services Ombudsman's report into how trees are protected has found that despite 369 tree protection breaches reported across Northern Ireland between 2019 and 2022, only one resulted in enforcement action being taken and none led to prosecution. It found too that there was a lack of clear information for the public on tree preservation orders and that information about which trees are protected should be more accessible. An ABC Borough Council spokesperson said trees are protected if they are within a conservation area, are subject to a tree preservation order or where a condition is attached for the protection to a grant of planning permission. The Council has carried out a search on the planning portal using the word tree and can advise that the Council has carried out 33 investigations from 1st of November 2021 to 1st of November 2023. Four of these investigations have involved a breach of planning control. One breach of condition notice has been served to date. No prosecutions have taken place within the last two years. The PSNI's Ombudsman's report, Strengthening Our Roots: Tree Protection in the Planning System in Northern Ireland, was prepared in response to concerns about the protection given to trees and the lack of enforcement action following reported breaches of TPOs. From data provided by the Department for Infrastructure and Local Councils, the Ombudsman made a number of observations and recommendations. Observations included the low level of reported enforcement activity, one case out of 369, should be a concern for councils as they seek to improve the environmental quality of their area. Despite having significant enforcement powers, less than half of the councils clearly state on their websites that it is a criminal offence to carry out works to protect the trees without consent. Others do not make any reference to the consequences of breaches. There is a lack of clarity around the circumstances in which councils require independent evidence to be provided in support of applications for work to protect the trees. There is variation in council awareness and interpretation of the legislation which governs the approach that should be taken to carrying out work to protect the trees on council-owned land. A total of 26 recommendations were made, including that the department should update regional guidance on the protection of trees and consider how it could work more closely with councils, including initiatives such as a regional tree forum, to share good practice and expertise. The department should take the lead in developing an online regional map which displays the locations of all TPOs and conservation areas in Northern Ireland. Councils should carry out detailed reviews of their TPO records and document their methodology to assess the value of trees in their decision-making. Councils should ensure processes are accessible to the public who want to request a TPO, apply for works to the protected tree or report a breach. The potential to introduce community notification procedures for residents likely to be affected
0: by proposed works should also be explored. News that a review into the cervical smears of around 17,500 women within the Southern Health Trust will be delayed is devastating, says Sinn Féin's John O'Dowd. On news that the Belfast Trust had had its cytology services temporarily suspended... The Upper Ban MLA said Sinn Féin has asked for an urgent update from the Health Department on the reason for the suspension of services in the Belfast Trust. This must be addressed urgently as it is becoming very clear that services for women's health across the North are not fit for purpose. HPV testing is due to begin in December. This is the most modern and accurate method of testing for cervical cancer, and should have been in place long ago. However, we need reassurance that this will happen and that all health trusts can uh, do this safely. We need the assembly restored now and all parties working together to ensure this is delivered. We also need an executive restored to deliver a woman's health strategy, which begins to address health inequalities facing women today. In October, the Southern Trust revealed In July 2022, senior laboratory staff notified the Trust's management team that they had concerns about performance in some steps of their laboratory's screening system. To fully investigate these concerns, the Trust commissioned the Royal College of Pathologists to undertake an independent assessment of its cervical screening services from June 1st 2008 until October
3: 2021. <coughs> Deaths in the community. Murphy, knee-white. On the 6th of November 2023, peacefully at home in King Hill Avenue, Newcastle, formerly of Stramore Park, Ilford. Maureen, devoted wife of the late Freddie, loving mother of Jeremy, Mark, Paul, Laura and Gareth. Funeral service took place on from Mills funeral home, Banbridge, followed by a cremation on Friday. Roland Stephanie passed away on the 29th of October, wife of the late Desmond, known as Desi. Roland, originally from Portadown, emigrated to Canada and deeply regretted by Norman and Felicity Martin, Jeanette, Roland, and family circle. Taylor, November the 7th, 2023, peacefully at hospital. Sylvia Joyce, beloved wife of the late Peter, 5 Laurel Park, Laurel Vale, much loved mother of Jonathan and Janine, dear mother in law of Helen and Leonard, interred in Mullavilly Parish Churchyard on Thursday, the 9th of November.
0: Obituary Members of a Craig Avon football club are praying for their coaches and their wider family circle whose relatives were involved in a serious Saturday morning road crash in which one man died. Nine ambulance crews attended the scene at Gosford Road, Market Hill, and the injured were taken to Craigavon Area Hospital and the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast. The four-vehicle crash, at around 1.20am on Saturday, claimed the life of Madden man Patrick Grimley, a married father of three, who was with his wife and friends, returning home in a taxi minivan from a night out in Dundalk after celebrating his 40th birthday. With his wife, Kira in hospital, her sister said on Facebook, Please can we all keep my sister Kira Grimley in your thoughts and prayers tonight. She is still critically ill in ICU and we pray she pulls through and keeps fighting. A long road ahead. Oxford Sunnyside FC, based in Lurgan, said, Our thoughts and prayers are with all our coaches and the wider family circle. Mr Grimley was the secretary of Madden Rapparee's GAA club, which described his sudden death as a huge loss. The former GAA player had been with the club for the past five years and was its public relations officer. A statement on the club's Facebook paid tribute to Mr Grimley as a, f- a brilliant family man. His love for our club was also well known and he will be terribly missed by all those who knew him, not just in Madden but further afield also. Our thoughts are also with all those injured in last night's accident and we ask you to keep them all in your thoughts and prayers over the coming days. Mr Grimley's brother Niall plays senior football for our ma and Armagh GAA also paid tribute to Patrick, describing him as an esteemed TV commentator. The wider GAA community is deeply shocked and saddened following the tragic and sudden death of Paddy, said Armagh's GAA chairman, Paul McArdle. This is absolutely devastating news for any family, and I extend my sincere condolences to the Grimley family and the people of Madden who I know are completely numbed by this tragedy. Paddy was a true angel who worked tirelessly as Madden Club secretary and an esteemed commentator on Armagh TV. We will continue to keep the family and those who were injured in our prayers. Mr Grimley's remains were to leave his late residence at Kilcreevy Road, Armagh on Wednesday to arrive at St Joseph's Church, Madden for funeral mass with burial afterwards in the adjoining cemetery. Uh, Patrick Grimley was the beloved husband of Kera and do- devoted father uh, to Ty, Maya and Kada, also the loving son of Brian and Francis and cherished grandson of the late Pat Grimley. Further to publication we have learned that Kara McIlvana, aged 44, mother of four, has died as a result of injuries received yesterday, Wednesday, uh, in the Royal Victoria Hospital following the aforementioned accident in Market Hill. Adverts.
2: Shop early and save 20% off menswear at SD Kells. Exclusions apply to shoes, 10% off footwear. Porter 38338786. Their Banbridge shop forty sixty six twenty four twenty nine, and in Lurgan their number is thirty eight thirty two fifty three fifty eight. Website sdkells.co.uk. The Marketplace Theatre in Armagh, in association with Lana Productions, presents Aladdin, written by Patrick J O'Reilly, and the pantomime will run from Saturday the second to Sunday the twenty fourth of December. Book your tickets online at visitarmah.com forward slash Marketplace Theatre. Box office number 03300
3: 561025. We have some information provided by Councillor Julie Flaherty BEM, VEM of Armah City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council. It says, Support for residents impacted by last week's flooding in Porterdown continues. While things aren't completely back to normal just yet, the recovery process has begun. The sheer effort and community spirit shown by everyone through such challenging times has been outstanding. Council Environmental Health colleagues have been at the forefront of the effort and are continuing to provide advice and support to homes affected by flooding. If you need to speak to them about the emergency payment scheme, please phone 0300 zero three hundred nine hundred our environmental services team have been out in affected areas of town with a major cleanup of local streets and public spaces as the floodwaters have subsided it is vital that all affected know that there is still help available to them following the successful flooding advice center that was initiated in portadown town hall it is now important that if you have any questions or queries that you phone Council's Community Advice Service on 0300 135 8733. This is a wraparound borough-wide service and they will connect you to all available support you may need. This will link you in with everything that is available to help you. In addition, please keep a lookout for updated communications in the coming days and weeks. Just last night, that would be Wednesday, the Secretary of State, Mr Chris Heaton-Harris, announced that councils will be responsible for the rollout of £15 million flooding relief scheme. He announced that in the absence of a Northern Ireland executive, the UK government had made available £15 million through the relocation of existing NI funding. Exactly how this will be delivered on the ground to affected householders, families and business is unclear. So I advise you that... To keep checking for updated communications from Council and your local representatives. It has been a difficult and challenging few weeks. The recovery is only beginning for many homeowners and businesses and sports clubs. Continue to support each other. Look out for your neighbours and in the coming weeks and months as Christmas approaches, support your local town centre. And that's the end of the message from Councillor Flaherty,
0: BEM. Sport. Kenny Kane and Eamon Fife helped inspire the biggest shock of Wednesday night's Bet McLean League Cup last 16 action as the pair scored in Porter Down's 2 1 victory over Crusaders. Niall Curry's men, who sit second in the championship, hadn't beaten the top flight crews in any of their last 15 meetings, but find themselves in the quarter final draw following a memorable evening at Shamrock Park. Cain handed the hosts an 11th minute lead but their advantage didn't last long as McHale Kennedy netted his first senior goal for Crusaders since joining from Dergview this summer. Fife put Portadown back ahead in the 74th minute and that ensured they would be the only championship team progressing to the last eight. Meanwhile, Loch boss Dean Smith Says he hasn't been surprised by the red hot form of Benji McGee this season after the striker took his premiership goal tally to eight by netting a brace in their 5 2 victory over Ballamina United at Lakeview Park at the weekend. Only Cliftonville ace Ben Wilson, number 13, and uh, Coleraine's Connor McKendry, number nine have found the net on more occasion than 21-year-old McGee, who scored a hat-trick against Newry City last month. He also contributed goals against Carrick Rangers, Larne and Crusaders, with the latest double helping Loch recover from a going 1-0 down early on as they fired back in sublime fashion scoring three in the five first half minutes before adding the other two after the break. McGee's form will undoubtedly be attracting the attention of clubs further up the Irish League pyramid and boss Smith is delighted for his young centre forward. It hasn't been a surprise at all, he said. The talent was always there. Maybe he was a bit inconsistent last year because there were times in games where he was unplayable, and other times where he wasn't just as good. That consistency has come into his game this season, and you can see he's playing with real confidence and swagger at the minute. He's creating chances, scoring goals, and doing what a centre-forward should do, really. He's an exciting player with the way he plays, and how he plays excites people every time he gets the ball. Benji would be the first to tell you that there are ten other people on the pitch that help him do what he does.
1: Six weeks and six league games into life as Glenavon manager and Stephen Macdonald admits starting to see the fruits of behind-the-scenes labour out on the pitch. Stepping in as a replacement to long-serving Gary Hamilton during late September, left McDonald with a tough task, but it is one he is embracing. With Saturday's defeat of Dungan and Swifts ensuring back to back premiership wins by Glen- Glenavon for the first time this season. Following four successive league defeats to kick off the McDonald era, a win over Carrick Rangers on the road proved the perfect boost before celebrating picking up home points for the first time on Saturday. I think, obviously, stopping the rot last week was massively important for the group of players and the manner how we carried that out, said Macdonald on BBC Radio Ulster. I suppose we pushed it all over the week about that we can go back and back it up and for the first time this season, get two wins in a row, which would leave us in a very good position in terms of gathering momentum. We've had a win in a very different way than I suppose we've probably been before, before performing in the last couple of weeks. So to see we defended ever so resolutely towards the end, all the players are a credit are to each other to show their commitment to one another. We've thrown quite a lot at the players in terms of how we want to conduct ourselves on and off the ball. I think in the first half, you could see moments. Today, we probably weren't at our most free flowing, where in other games, we've got beat, but probably been more free flowing and not come away with the result. I think there were moments in the first half where we really stretched the opposition in their half, so you could see glimpses. The defence aspect, we're a team that's down around the bottom of the table. You have to roll up your sleeves and be dogged. You're not going to get out anything easy. Aaron Prendergast's first half finished proof the size of that Mourneview Park. We go to win every game. We'll I anani- analyze every team for what they are. They all have qualities, they all have strengths and areas of opportunities, opportunities we can exploit.
2: It was a family affair in the Experts and Semi-Experts MRA Ulster Quad Championship, with the Dillon brothers from Moira, Dean and Ross, lifting their awards. It took Dean five years to realise his dream of becoming Ulster Experts Champion, and he did it in style, taking victory at the final round at Tandragee, with his younger brother Ross claiming the Semi-Experts title. Lisburn's Neil Campbell took his career tally of race wins to 159 as he lifted the sidecar crown with passenger Ross Graham. Meanwhile, Jason Mira became the first motocross rider to win the prestigious Jonathan Ray Trophy, commissioned by the Motorcycle Union of Ireland. The magnificent trophy, which acknowledges the achievements of Northern Ireland's six-time world superbike champion, is specifically presented to a motocross competitor whose racing and results are based in Ireland. Mira from Loch Brickland was was a worthy winner at the annual MRA Awards after a memorable 2023 season on home soil as a 26-year-old lifted the Ulster Experts MXI 1 title for the second time. Riding for the motorcycle gas-gas team, Mira missed the opening round of the series due to a clash with a British Championship round on the same weekend. However, from round two at Tinker Hill until Mountain Quarter in August, he was unbeaten, claiming 15 wins from 15 starts. I'm delighted to be the first off-road rider to win the Jonathan
0: Ray Trophy, said Mira. The Rugby Union World Cup is over and the Springboks were crowned champions once again after a tense final against the All Blacks at the Stade de France in front of 80,065 capacity crowd. South Africa became the first rugby nation to lift the Webb Ellis Cup again and win four men's Rugby World Cups and the second after opponents New Zealand to claim back-to-back titles. In the deciding match on Saturday there were four yellow cards shown unlike the four previous finals where only one yellow card was brandished. But who were the players who stood out at the finals? Here we take a look at some of the best in no particular order. Captain of England and record points scorer Owen Farrell was at it again in in this World Cup. He scored an impressive 75 points. Overall he has played in 15 World Cup matches and amassed 176 points. One of the top players at this year's Rugby Union World Cup was Scotland's Finn Russell. Russell is recognised as a world-class player. In this tournament, he played three matches and scored 17 points. His total at World Cups is he has played 10 matches, scored 34 points and scored two tries. Irish veteran Johnny Sexton, 38, came back into the international fold following a three-match ban. In this World Cup, he played five matches and scored 58 points, including three tries. Overall, in World Cups, he has played 17 matches and scored 136 points, including six tries. Player of the match for South Africa in the 2023 Rugby Union World Cup final was Pieter steff Dutois. In the match, he made 28 tackles and played throughout the tournament more than any other forward with 386 out of a possible 560 minutes. During the tournament, he played five matches, scored five points with one try. Overall, in World Cups, he has played in 14 matches, scoring 10 points with two tries. Since making his Scottish Scotland debut in November 2018, Darcy Graham has become his nation's try-scoring machine.
1: Uh, This is news summary. It's hoped... An Irish mini-pub which can fit into most gardens is set to take the American market by storm after Portadown firm, the Deluxe Group, launched the product in the USA. Pubug is a prefabricated replica of a typical Irish bar and easily fits at least six people plus someone behind the bar. Richard Hill business development director at the deluxe group said the octagonal wooden structure was born out of frustration at not being allowed to enjoy a pint in the pub during lockdown recently secretary of state chris heaton harris visited the company's portadown and antrim facilities where he got a first hand look at the immersive pub og The inaugural delivery of the miniature Irish pub to an American client coincides with the deluxe opening of a U.S. subsidiary and a $750,000 investment as part of a strategic expansion within the theme park and experience sector. The investment will initially uh, create 24 new jobs in Northern Ireland and Florida,
2: the family of a teenage pedestrian who suffered multiple fractures and lacerations in a single vehicle crash last week has asked the public to keep her in their prayers. Sarah Louise McCauley, who is from Scotch Street in Portadown, was rushed to Craigavon Area Hospital last Tuesday, October the thirty-first, after the one-vehicle crash on the Derryletty Road, Portadown. Her family subsequently spoke of how hard and distressing the days that followed have been. Last Wednesday, November 1st, a police spokesperson said police received a report of a one-vehicle road traffic collision (coughs) involving a pedestrian in the of road area of Portadown at around 8.45 last night. It was reported that a teenage girl was knocked down. Officers attended alongside colleagues from Northern Ireland Ambulance Service, and the girl was taken to hospital for treatment to her injuries. Inquiries are ongoing into this incident, and police would ask anyone who witnessed the collision to contact them on one o one, and quote reference one seven two o thirty one ten twenty three. Reports that the collision was a hit and run incident have been discounted.
3: Anna United manager Kean McGurgan has thanked the local football family for support after the club's ground was ravaged by recent flooding. Armagh's pitch was submerged and its youth club house destroyed. We have spoken to a couple of pitch specialists and it likely won't be salvageable for playing on again, said Mr McGurgan. I think it's gone. Mr McGurgan admitted that there were no long-term worries about the future flooding and called on government bodies and councillors to help them out. A host of clubs around Northern Ireland offered their support on social media when Anna posted the devastating images of the local community also rallied around the club to help in any way they could, something Mr McGurgan will always be grateful for. A big thank you to them for the messages and support from clubs throughout the country that are offering help, he said. The local community has been brilliant.
0: Waterdown woman Katie Gervin has been hailed a hero after she hitched a lift with a local boatman to deliver essential medication to an elderly customer. When the delivery driver for Hamill's Pharmacy in Thomas Street couldn't reach one of her elderly customers last Tuesday afternoon, number, a mum of two who works at the pharmacy sprang into action. The 27-year-old Portadown native is being hailed a hero by work colleagues and neighbours for her ingenuity in getting the medication to her customer. Katie revealed a wee man, aged 76, was stuck in his house due to the floods. He was on weekly medication, so he needed his prescription. Katie knew how serious it was and enlisted the help of her neighbour, Barry McCann. I rang him and asked him if there was any chance we could go round and deliver the medication. The wee man started to cry when we went to his door because he thought he wasn't going to get his tablets. It was so sad and he was so grateful. Katie explained that Barry, who lives near her at Ashgrove Lodge, had been out helping during the flood as he had a boat on the river Ban. He got his boat out and that is how we got the medication to the elderly man, she said. When we got to him, he started crying and we knew there and then that he was very thankful for, that we were there. Katie revealed that the elderly man was later evacuated from his home. A lot of houses in that area were evacuated, she said. It's just terrible in Woodgrove and it just keeps rising. There's the Corcoran River and then the River Ban as well and it spread right across the fields. Colleague Alana Byrne from Hamill's Pharmacy praised Katie for getting the boatman Mar- Barry McCann when she realised the elderly customer was stuck at home and unable to get his medication.
1: Concerns have been raised over tree-felling by TransLink along the banks of the Cusher River not long after serious flooding locally. Jonathan Kerr, a blacksmith working for Armagh Bambridge and Craigavon Council at Moneypenny's Forge near the Newry Canal, voiced his concerns that TransLink were felling 300 trees along the kusher. He had been unable to attend work last week due to flooding, he said, as the kusher and the riverbank burst, burst their banks following heavy rain.
2: Craig Evans, Moy Rafferty Arts and Drama Society is bringing an amazing junior musical version of the smash hit movie Frozen to the stage at Portadown Town Hall this month. The show features all of the memorable songs from the animated film with music and lyrics by Kirsten Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez plus new songs written for the Broadway and West End production. Just about anyone who has young children will have heard of at least of one of the songs from this musical, Let It Go. Based on a story of true love and acceptance between sisters, Frozen Jr. expands upon the emotional relationship and the journey between princesses Anna and Elsa. When faced with danger, the two discover their hidden potential and the powerful bond of sisterhood. The show will open on Friday, November 17th at 7pm, continuing on to Saturday at 3pm and 6pm and concluding on the Sunday with a midday relaxed
0: performance and a 3pm final show. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Maccles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Patricia and Peter. Our technician was Peter. And reading with me this week were Patricia, Roberta and John. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Carol signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet and memory stick Please do not use a post office counter in a shop but use a post box to avoid damage to the wallet. Sound News is a Craig Aving Talking Newspaper production.